You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 157. Does toxic mold grow on dirt? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, it is May. Yep, May 9th. Yeah, and Mother's Day is done and over with. Yep, so happy Mother's Day to all the mothers listening, or happy Mother's Day a day late. Exactly. <laughs> Since we don't record on Sundays. But. Well, and I remember being a kid, and, and one thing my mother always encouraged us to do was to play in the dirt. So this is a good episode because you're going to answer the question, can mold grow on dirt? Where did this topic come from? Uh, it's quite often, actually, that I get asked uh, by clients, especially those with crawl spaces, can mold grow on dirt? And I look at them kind of weird, like, well, it shouldn't. And uh, normally... The reason they think that it, you know, that it's mold is it. There can be some discoloration, white fuzzy stuff that, that you know they think is mold, and so you know something that we just wanted to talk about. And since it is spring, everything's well. It should be wet, but you know here we're getting snow still. So exactly, it's still the tundra over here in Wyoming. <laughs> so, um, so but. Where does it come from that people, are people asking because they want to know, are they getting mold in their flower beds outside or is it more like their crawl spaces? Crawl spaces typically. Okay. Like outside, you know, I don't, I have had clients that have concerns outside, but for the most part, if you have mold growing or you think it's mold outside, that's not a problem for the most part because it's outside. So it's not in a contained environment, so it shouldn't cause the issues you would think it would. Uh, but yeah, typically, you know, they're asking because of the crawl space. They, you know, there's homes that are over a crawl space. Some people, some of our listeners have homes that are, you know, split levels where there's only a small crawl space, you know, maybe 
underneath the kitchen or living room area, things like that. So, uh, but we, like I said, I see, you know, a lot of times we'll see mushrooms growing and then usually, like I said, the, kind of a white fuzzy um, substance, which I have done tape lifts or swabs and it is mold, uh, but it's just, it's not really sustainable to grow in dirt. And, and when you say, you know, not sustainable, you mean it could just expand and grow yeah when i say sustainable it means that mold infestation is not growing okay um it's not getting larger so um you know it i've seen it where it's in lots of different areas in a crawl space but you know the reason that it has that is because of elevated elevated humidity levels okay so i mean that's our listeners should know that if you have a mold concern or there's mold growing, it has to have humidity over 60%. Okay. And so then, so you were just talking about elevated humidity under what other conditions could mold grow on dirt per se? Well, it'd have to have organic materials, you know, or cellulose materials, stuff like, of course, in crawl spaces, we see a lot of storage or people storing things. So cardboard boxes, I, you know, I don't know if you've seen it when we go do some bids, but a lot of times we see Christmas ornaments and Christmas stuff that's stored down there. And, uh, you know, I've seen where people just open the crawl space or, you know, the access that's typically in, if it's inside of a home, we've seen where they literally just throw trash down there. And uh, so it, it would it would have to have something, a cellulose material for its food to grow. There's okay. There's not enough, you know, materials in the soils themselves for the mold to be sustainable. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Okay. Okay. And what about, um, I'm, I'm thinking mold in plant pots. So you said outdoors is not such a big issue with mold and dirt, but if you have plants and pots inside the house, is that a concern? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we've talked about plants inside homes and house plants. And, you know, I probably ruffled feathers for our <laughs> listeners that love their plants, but you know, those, We've talked about it, you know, when the leaves decay, that introduces mold spores and into the air. And obviously, right there at the soils, it can cause problems. But it doesn't, for the most part, unless you're overwatering, it shouldn't be an issue. And if you're cleaning up the dead leaves, that shouldn't be a concern either. So at the end of the day, it's prevention, maintenance, things like that that would prevent it. Okay, so so then what should, if somebody's listening and they are concerned about moist soils, let's say in their crawl space... What should they be doing? How do they address it? Well, you'd have to figure out what's causing it. You know, root cause analysis would be the first step. And for our listeners, of course, I always recommend a professional, but you don't really have to have a professional come decide or determine, hey, the the grading and drainage isn't proper on the outside. It could be, especially this time of year. So we see it, you know, quite often in the spring, a lot of times in the summers, or especially around here, when all the ranchers are irrigating, the crawl spaces get wet. Um, so I guess my point is with that, sometimes it's only a problem for a couple months out of the year. Um, it could be a problem throughout the entire year if you have groundwater issues. So so it could be a grading issue if it's a groundwater issue. Grading's easy to fix. Groundwater issues, you'd have to put sub pumps in your crawl space uh, in those soils or do a drain tile system or French drain, all sorts of stuff. But uh to, to answer your question, you know, they would have to figure out what's elevating those humidity levels in the crawl space to begin with. 
Like, why are those soils moist? And so now, do, if they wanted to have a professional come and address that, who do they hire to do that sort of thing? Uh, you know, I could only speak for my expertise, but they could they could hire a mold inspector or a home inspector, um, a, a grading contractor. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I, is, is that necessary? I, I don't know. If it's something, you know, to to figure it out, I would hope you know that our listeners know enough about what we've told them in podcasts to say, hey, this is a grading and drainage issue, so we're going to go, you know, get some dirt or hire a grading contractor to come in and fix that. So to answer your question, they can, you know, I don't know what every other inspector um, contractor's expertise is, but just a general um, home inspector should be able to, to figure that out, should, is the key word. And, and so I guess my other thing is if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking about buying a house or they're in the process of building a house, most people assume that, well, if I'm buying the house, I'm going to get a home inspection. And if there were some moisture issues in the crawl space, that home inspection would pick that up. Or if it's a brand new house, they would say, well, should. it should be exactly. If it's a brand new house, I'm assuming the general contractor knows what he or she is doing and there's going to be no problems in the crawl space. Is there anything that home buyers, whether they're building a home or buying an existing home, what should they be on the lookout for to just verify before they purchase a home that there's like no issues with that crawl space? Well, depending on where they live. So, you know, where we live, we don't see a whole lot of of sump pumps in a crawl space because it's, you know, obviously the way it freezes here, plus our soils aren't conducive for elevated humidity. So we don't have really wet clays. We have a lot more sand here. And it's fairly dry, depending on where you're at. And so you're talking about the type of soil, because lots of people don't yeah. understand. Like, I didn't understand, honestly, that there were different types of soils until you started talking about it and saying things like clay. So let's just explain that for all of us lay people who don't get that not all soil is created equal. Right. So you could have, um, and obviously I'm not a specialist in this, but, you know, you do. So... So when your developer, and we're going to go way back to the beginning of a subdivision, when they develop a subdivision, they, depending on where it's at, but for the most part, um, not here. So for our listeners, they know that Wyoming's a little laid back when it comes to this stuff. But typically a developer, when they're developing that subdivision, they have to do testing, soils tests. And the purpose of that is to see, you know, how much moisture is in the soil, how, how expansive the soils are to know what they have to do to prevent structural issues. Okay. So, you know, to do that soils test, they drill a hole, they do all sorts of stuff that's well beyond, beyond me, but that's how they determine what type of foundations, what type of footings they do, if that makes sense. So you have places like that are on the coast, um, or, you know, in Hawaii, the Keys, um, South Carolina, that if they're right on the coast, you see that they're built on piers. <laughs> Just like high-rise buildings, they drill down deep with piers. And it's so that they have something very stable. Whereas if you were to just build a homeless, say, like around here, you could go with a typical footings and foundation just to pour concrete. You wouldn't have to do anything extensive, per se, if that makes sense, to prevent structural issues. So, you know, you could... You could be in a place where there's lots of sands. You could be in a place where it's a lot more rock. And so, you know, if obviously if there's a lot more rock, 
the moisture is not going to be as high in the soils. If you're in a lot of clays, obviously you're going to have higher moisture concerns. Okay. And so in those clays, you know, and it's always wet because of the moisture content of that clay, the okay. dirt, you would have to do something like sump pumps. Gotcha. Okay. Now, when you have something where, like I was talking earlier, where you have a crawl space, and then we see it quite often around here, because, you know, these ranchers, they literally flood irrigate. Um, it's not sprinklers they just turn on. They literally flood their pastures. Well, for the homes, that water comes into those crawl spaces, and it gets wet for a couple months out of the year, and then it goes away. Um, things like that, you know, you'd have to take in all those factors to determine how you're going to fix a, a water or moisture concern in a crawl space. Okay. It's not just as simple as, you know, yeah, we have a humidity gauge in our crawl space and it stays consistently high. Let's just, you know, fix the grading on the outside. It could be something in the soils, which would require a lot more work, like a drain tile system. And I probably got way too deep in the weeds for well, I think that helps, our listeners. Well, what, it, what, what it, I think it helps people to understand is that they, whether you're building a house or you're buying a house, you want to understand for this geographic location, what are the soils like? Was the, was the crawl space inspected? Do all the soils look normal on the inspection as given where the area is? Right. And is the foundation and or the crawl space structured properly along with draining and gradage? So it reduces the likelihood of issues in that crawl space. Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, something I didn't even talk about was in a crawl space, you know, one of the most important things to keep the humidity down um, is a vapor barrier. So plastic on the floor and the uh -huh. walls. And that's, as you know, that's something pretty common that we do. We, for the most part, we won't even do a mold mitigation job in a crawl space unless they're going to, number one, fix the reason why there's moist soils. And second of all, it has to, whether we do it, which typically that's how it goes. I'm not going to get into our mitigation processes, but, you know, they have to address and install, address the, why the soils are moist and they needed to have preventative measures like ventilation and a, a vapor barrier. So if someone is buying a house and they know that house is a crawl space, they should see if there's a vapor yeah. barrier. I mean, okay. they don't even have to crawl down in there. Okay. And for our listeners, if they're building or buying a home, they can ask, you know, whether it's the contractor or if they hire a home inspector, hey, what was, you know, what were the soils like in the crawl space? Is there a vapor barrier? What type of ventilation's down there? Um, you know, what's the moisture in the soils like? It, and if the inspector or the contractor can't answer those questions, you probably should hire somebody else. <laughs> and that, that's why it's hard for me to say, well, you know, they should just know. Because that's what I assume. Mm -hmm. Like a home inspector should know. Yeah. A contractor should know. Well, it all depends on the expertise and what type of contractor or inspector you get. Well, and I think what helps about an episode like this is now the consumer knows what they should be asking. Exactly. But if I don't know what to ask, if I don't know to ask about a vapor barrier, then I never do. Exactly. And it, you know, it's something like a vapor barrier, you know, for us to do, let's just say it's a 2,000 square foot home. To install a vapor barrier down in the crawl space after we've done mold mitigation or just to install one, you're only talking. And for our listeners that are somewhat handy or, you know, don't, it doesn't bother them to put a vapor barrier down there. You're literally talking about a few hundred dollars in, in 
I call it visqueen, but it's plastic sheeting. Um, I don't know where. I, when I started working for my uncle, that's what we called it was visqueen. I don't know where the term came from, honestly. Yeah. I say it to a lot of people, and they look at me like I'm weird. But the plastic sheeting's not hard. And when we do a vapor barrier, we've talked about it. Ours is, I mean, it's water. It's not a waterproofer. It's just to 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 um keep the humidity levels down. Exactly. Meaning, you can put you put a vapor barrier down, but if you have a lot of moisture in the soils, you're still going to have issues. Exactly. But it, I guess what I was saying is, it's so easy to do it. You know, and even if you do like we do, we use staples and we tape all the seams and everything. For a couple guys, it only takes you know. I don't know, 10 hours max. So it's just something that's worth having down in your crawl space. That yeah. vapor barrier is important. An ounce of prevention equals a pound of cure. Exactly. So what's your call to action for people? So like we were just talking about, um, you know, you mentioned house plants. Just check the house plants. We already did an episode about plants and homes. Um, but just make sure that you don't have fuzzy, weird-looking stuff growing in those soils. You know, in a crawl space, same thing. If you have mushrooms or anything like that growing, that tells you the humidity is very high or the moisture content is very high, which high moisture content in the soils, no vapor barrier, elevates the the humidity in the crawl space, which could lead to mold concerns. And can you put a humidity gauge in a crawl space? Yes. Yep. Okay. We talk about it all the time. Um, you know, we're going to do an episode here in a few weeks about with mold prevention tools. Um, we've, but we, how often do we talk about a humidity gauge? All the time. Yeah. It is it is one of the, in my opinion, leading causes to mold issues that is just overlooked because people don't have the proper equipment to monitor it. And it's simple. Absolutely. You have a thermometer right here, and we have them throughout the house that has, it's a thermometer and a humidity gauge, and we pay attention, or I do. I know you do in the bathroom. You pay attention to what it's doing. Absolutely. So if something's out of the norm, you know, that, you know, you got to come find me and say, hey, there's, there's <laughs> the humidity is always high in this bathroom. What's going on? Yeah. All right. Humidity gauge. Do a quick inspection. Yep. And vapor barriers. Exactly. Are yep. And it's, you know, we, uh, we have an email list. You probably can explain it way better than I can. All I know is you go sign up on the website. Yes. You can sign up for the mold investigation checklist at CNC Contractor Services. Dot com. All right, we'll catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.